0: Hello, my name is Andrew LaPosha, and welcome to The Twilight Years. On today's episode, we will be discussing the death and final years of Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor has lived one of the most fascinating lives of any Hollywood star— She first began her career in the 40s, signing to MGM as a popular teenage actress. As she reached her adult years, her popularity grew even further, taking more mature roles and becoming a major box office draw. During her career, she was nominated for five Oscars, winning two for the movies Butterfield 8 and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Beyond that, Liz was also a prominent philanthropist, becoming one of the first celebrities to take part in HIV and AIDS activism and co-founding charities to help combat the illness. Even though Liz was a great actress and humanitarian, she was just as much well-known for her personal life. For starters, she lived a very wealthy lifestyle, owning one of the most expensive private jewelry collections in the world. In her heyday, Liz was gorgeous, some will say one of the most beautiful of all time. She was the object of fantasy for many men. Liz had many relationships, and much like previous subjects Zsa Zsa Gabor and Mickey Rooney, she was married multiple times, eight to be exact. She was married to men like Senator John Warner, singer Eddie Fisher, and most notably British actor Richard Burton, whom she married twice, and of course her health. Liz suffered from health problems all her life. One report states that over the course of her lifetime, she was hospitalized over 100 times. I don't know if there's a star I will ever cover on this podcast that has had as many health scares as Elizabeth Taylor. There was so much material for this episode, I debated saving it for a special occasion. But I relented and decided to give it to you now. Let's go. Liz's health problems date back to her birth. She was born with scoliosis, a condition that curves the spine. This plagued her for the rest of her life, and we will hear about it a lot in this episode. In 1944, she was on the set of National Velvet, which was her first major movie. Liz was 12 years old. During one scene, she was riding a horse. Liz was thrown from the horse and she broke her back. Even though she had been suffering from back problems before, this incident did not help and her back problems only worsened. In 1953, Liz was starting to become an established adult star. She was on the set of the movie Elephant Walk when she nearly became permanently blinded. A wood machine blew a rusty sphincter straight into her eye. Surgery was required to fix it. In 1958, Liz was married to producer Mike Todd, with whom they had two kids. That same year, she had a role in the movie Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Liz was intending for it to be her last movie, after which she would retire from Motion Pictures. Todd had been working out an agreement with MGM over this decision. On March 22, 1958, Todd was to be honored at a New York Friars Club testimonial dinner. Liz wanted to join him, but Todd insisted that she stay home as she was suffering from a cold. He got on his private plane, appropriately named The Liz, and headed for New York. The plane was near Grants, New Mexico, when the plane suffered engine failure, not helped by a heavy load, icy conditions, and a high altitude. The plane crashed and all four people on board were killed. With Todd gone, MGM disregarded their pending agreement with Liz to retire from movies, making her star in the movie Butterfield 8. Liz was so angry she refused to speak to the director when filming the movie. Shortly after production of the movie completed, Liz contracted pneumonia and was taken to the hospital. Her condition was grave and she was not expected to live. She was even pronounced dead four different times. A tracheotomy was performed and an incision was made on her windpipe. Liz made a miraculous recovery. She was even well enough to attend the Academy Awards not too long afterwards. With a bandage over her scar, Liz took home the Oscar for Best Actress that night, though she felt she was given the award out of sympathy for her recent illness. Throughout the late 1960s and into the 70s, Liz would continue to be plagued by health problems. There was a rumor that she had spinal cancer, which she claimed was, quote, absolute rubbish. In 1970, she had a corrective surgery to fix some slight internal bleeding. In 1973, she had an ovarian cyst removed. In 1976, she remarried Richard Burton for a second time, but Liz had another death scare that year when black spots were found on her lungs. It was later revealed that the spots were tuberculosis, which Liz never knew she had. In the late 70s, the once beautiful and skinny Elizabeth Taylor gained a lot of weight. She became a walking punchline. John Belushi wore drag and portrayed her on Saturday Night Live. She became the favorite target of comedian Joan Rivers with jokes like she puts mayonnaise on aspirin and mosquitoes see her and yell buffet. In addition to her weight, she was relying heavily on alcohol and prescription painkillers. Around this time, she said, I had a hollow leg. I could drink everyone under the table and not get drunk. The capacity was terrifying. Her addictions got so bad, she became the first A-list celebrity to check herself into the Betty Ford Clinic, staying there for six weeks. In a journal she kept during her stay, she wrote, I feel like hell. I'm going through withdrawal. I am so, so tired. The treatment worked, though, and her admittance showed big stars that it was okay to go to rehab. Despite a successful treatment, she relapsed in 1988 and was re-admitted to the clinic. During her second visit, she met a fellow patient and former construction worker named Larry Fortensky, who was 20 years her junior. The two started a romance that led to her eighth marriage in 1991. The wedding was held at the Neverland Ranch at the home of her friend Michael Jackson. In April 1990, Liz checked into Daniel Freeman Marina Hospital with what she thought was a sinus condition and a fever. However, it turned into pneumonia and she was transferred to St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica. A lung biopsy was performed, and she was moved to intensive care where her condition was described as seriously ill. She was placed on a ventilator, and her family was called to her bedside. While in the hospital, Liz claimed that Mike Todd's ghost visited her, saying, You have to go back. It's not time. Liz recovered after a three-month hospital stay. In November 1992, Liz battled a severe respiratory infection at her home. Liz was forced to cancel all planned engagements for the next several weeks. If you're like me and you wanted to start a podcast, but were not very tech-savvy, you wouldn't have known what to do. Then I heard about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. In 1994, Liz was in so much pain and was having difficulty walking. Her doctor said that osteoarthritis had worn away all the cartilage in her left hip, causing painful bone-on-bone contact. As a result, her left hip was replaced. That same year, Liz appeared in her last theatrical film role, which was a live-action adaptation of The Flintstones. She played Wilma's mother and was coaxed into the movie when it was promised all the proceeds from the film's premiere would go to her AIDS foundation. The following year, Liz had her other hip replaced, but a couple of months later, she had to have another operation because both of her legs were not the same length as the result of both hip operations. On Halloween 1996, Liz and Larry Fretensky divorced. Larry no longer wanted to be known as Mr. Elizabeth Taylor. The paparazzi was constantly hounding her, something that Larry was not used to. Even though the couple divorced, they remained friends and kept in regular contact over the years. In 1997, Liz suffered a seizure and had a small stroke. When she was taken to get looked at, a tumor was found in her dura, which is a thin piece of tissue that holds the brain in place. Fortunately, the tumor was benign and was easily removed. A bald Liz bravely posed for a picture which was used on the cover of Life magazine. In an interview with Barbara Walters around this time, Liz stated that she wanted to act more, but because of her medical problems, no movie company would insure her. On January 29, 1999, Larry was drinking while mourning the recent passing of a pet that he loved. In his drunken state, he fell down a flight of stairs and suffered a brain injury. Larry was in a coma for six weeks. Liz told the hospital that she would personally pay for all his medical bills. Liz went through a mild case of pneumonia in 2000. That same year, she was appointed a Dame Commander for the Order of the British Empire by Queen Elizabeth. Liz was diagnosed with skin cancer in 2002. Fortunately, it was curable, and there was no evidence of any residual disease. That same year, she was given a Kennedy Center honor. In 2003, Liz formally announced her retirement from acting, choosing to focus solely on activism. She planned to attend the Academy Awards that year and be featured in a lineup with past winners. It would be her official swan song. However, Liz did not end up attending the ceremony and canceled two days beforehand. She said that her absence was due to her opposition of the war in Iraq. According to a letter from her publicist to the Academy's president, she felt it was disrespectful to the people in Iraq losing their lives fighting. In 2004, Liz underwent spinal surgery to repair seven compression fractures in her spine. She was also diagnosed with congestive heart failure. Liz said, people must think, my God, she's still alive, but there's some resilience in me that keeps me fighting. It's the damnedest thing. I just keep coming back. When her friend Michael Jackson was on trial for child molestation accusations, Liz was asked to testify, but she was forced to decline due to her health. She always supported Michael, saying she spent many nights at the Neverland Ranch and never saw anything. In 2006, there was a rumor that Liz had Alzheimer's and that she was near death. However, she disputed these claims in an appearance on Larry King Live. The following year, she revealed that she had recently spoken on the phone with ex-husband Eddie Fisher, the first time talking with each other in almost 40 years. Liz came close to death in July 2008 when she was hospitalized with what she thought was the flu, which then turned into pneumonia. She was placed on life support and her family came to say their goodbyes. However, her condition improved. On June 25th, 2009, Michael Jackson died suddenly from cardiac arrest. Liz was so distraught that she collapsed and had a medical emergency. When she got well enough, Liz took to Twitter to express her sadness. Liz was unable to attend his funeral, but she did go to his burial ceremony at Forest Lawn Glendale. In October of that year, Liz announced on Twitter that she was going to have surgery to replace a leaky heart valve. That operation was a success. Even though Liz was constantly in a lot of pain, she asked that no more life-saving surgeries be done on her. In February 2011, Liz was scheduled to go to Cedar sinai to fix another leaky heart valve. The day before she went in, she spoke to Larry on the phone. Liz said she would be okay, and Larry said Liz would outlive him. She was admitted on February 8th, and surgery was performed on the 12th. Liz had dwindled down to 96 pounds. Liz remained in the hospital and was eventually placed on a ventilator. On March 23, 2011, at 28 a.m., Elizabeth Taylor died at the age of 79. Her four children were at her bedside. The cause of death was congestive heart failure. Liz's obituary in the New York Times was written by Mel Gussow, who had died in 2005. He had written the obituary years earlier. The New York Times obituary editor used it, saying it was too good to throw away. In her will, Liz left Larry $800,000. Liz's funeral was held the next day at Forest Lawn Glendale. The service was a private Jewish ceremony officiated by Rabbi Jerome Cutler. She was placed in a mahogany casket made completely out of wood. Liz's funeral began 15 minutes behind schedule because she even wanted to be late to her own funeral. There was some debate about where Liz would be buried. For many years, the rumor was that she'd be buried in Switzerland alongside Richard Burton. Most assumed she would be buried at Westwood Memorial Park next to her parents, but instead she was buried in Forest Lawn's Great Mausoleum, the same building where Michael Jackson is. In November 2012, a Lifetime TV movie aired called Liz and Dick, which was a biopic about the marriage of Liz and Richard Burton. Lindsay Lohan played Liz, and Richard Burton was played by Grant Bowler. The reviews were overwhelmingly negative. Many critics said Fowler gave a decent performance, but Lohans was highly ridiculed. Many thought she was blatantly miscast. Some claimed the TV movie reached so bad it's good territory. The Hollywood Reporter called it spectacularly bad and added that it was half train wreck, half SNL skit. Larry Fertensky died of complications from skin cancer surgery on July 7, 2016, but the news was not reported by the media until April 2017. Today, Liz is mostly well-known for her personal life, and modern-day critics tend to overlook her fantastic acting ability. Film historian Janine Basinger once said, No actress ever had a more difficult job in getting critics to accept her on screen as someone other than Elizabeth Taylor. Her persona ate her alive. We need to look past Liz's personal life and at her brilliant acting. It's what she most deserves. Thank you all for listening to The Twilight Years. Please don't forget to subscribe. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. The links are included in the description of this episode. If possible, leave me a review. If you have any requests for somebody you would like to see talked about on this podcast, let me know and I will do my best to get to them. Thanks again for listening. My name is Andrew Laposha, and I will see you next time.